Welcome to Shaken and Disturbed, everyone. This is Darren Karp, but I'm here with John Thrasher, and we are recording our full episode. Welcome to official, official October. I know that we released our episode last week, and it was well into October, but now we're finally recording in October, so I feel a little different. Um, And, you know, we have a really, really cool, I want to say it's a Halloween project. Is oh my god! Right, is that the right thing to kind of say? Yeah, about it? like it's a hollow. We we don't want to give too much away, but let, you know, Darren and I are working on something extremely unique, original, and creative together for you guys. Uh, it'll yes. be for everybody. We're going to put it on Patreon first for an exclusive window. We'll, more on more details about that later. But so if you want to be the first to know what we're coming up with, do sign up for Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/ShakenAndDisturbed. Click the show notes if you'd like to click right into the link. But yeah, some really really fun stuff coming up this month, and it's we're just in full swing. It's really fun to be uh, making stuff for Shaken and Disturbed. Full swing, and let me just say that normally our NMRs every week are kind of a chance for John and I to shoot the shit. We talk about yeah. murder things. We don't talk about murder things. They ask him for iPhone advice. I got the new iPhone. Everyone can relax. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Uh, hey, everyone can calm down. Ooh. I'm already annoyed about all the charger changes, even oh. though I think it's best that we switch to USB C. But I digress. I but, forgot <laughs> to tell a kind of scary story what at nmr so i'm just gonna it's two tell seconds. us now listen it's all the show right now We're before we here. get into this week's case but okay okay last, i don't want to give too many details because i will say there's some sensitivity around it because okay. i think there's mental illness going on and i'm trying not to okay. like it mostly happened to me but anyway so okay. last week my brother comes to stay with me for two nights because we were going up to this music festival in san francisco which if you didn't hear it on our patreon nmr darren talked about it there yeah yes i talked about it there so I, he's staying over, he's doing work out of my apartment and I have to go drive across town to go to a meeting. So I was like, Evan, I'm going to leave now, blah, 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 blah. One thing you should know about my brother, we're extremely close, but we never call each other on the phone unless we need something like immediate, like birthdays, we text, we just don't talk on the phone. My my brother just like hates the phone. He's so bad at it. I don't mind it. He's so bad. He'll just be like, (laughs) I'm like, how's your day? He's like, good. I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to talk to you then. Same. So he's way better in text. Fine. So I'm 10 minutes into my drive across town to go to my meeting and I get a phone call from him. So already I'm like, did he burn the place down? Right. I'm like, did he burn the place down? What is it? What did you do to Nadine shit? What did he ruin? You know? And he goes, Hey, I go, is everything okay? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm at your apartment and the doorbell rings. Okay. And this is his, this now I'm taking over for my brother. He's now explaining the story. Okay. Yeah. 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 The doorbell rang. He's like, I looked through the peephole. No one was there. He's like, so I opened the door and I stuck my head out. Now this is the difference between men and women, because if someone had rang my doorbell and I looked at the people and no one was there, I lock the door and I go back to my (laughs) day. My brother opens the door, peeps his head out and he sees my neighbor who I don't know. I don't know any of my neighbors. And the door is probably 20 feet from my door. Okay. Okay. Because it's a, it's my neighbor, but it's down. Yeah. It's like on the opposite, whatever. This woman, he says, middle-aged white woman, not that it really matters, but just for visuals, like sure. an adult person sure. reaches her head out, right? Pops her head out of the thing and goes- So now there, we, there's two heads popping out. There's okay. two heads. And she goes, are you the Israelis? And my brother says, no. And she's like, because the Israelis killed my daughter and points to a painting in our hallway. We have like, generic apartment hallway paintings like it's, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. 
collages of cities and like mm-hmm. street signs. Like it's nothing major. And they're, they're it's overstock.com with, with like, yeah. right, exactly. With like <clears throat> brushed hair and like a city skyline or something. Like I'll send you a picture of the photo. It's like, yeah, and yeah. Then it's just like a picture of a woman. It doesn't okay. mean anything. So she's like, and that these really killed my daughter. And that's a picture of her down the hall. And obviously my brother was like, this person's having a mental breakdown yeah, or something right. is going on here. Right. Like, yeah. And he's like, okay. She's like, so everyone on this side of the building points to our side is going to die. <gasps> and my brother goes, okay. Like goes back in. That's when he calls me. Right. Yeah. So then I tell Nadine that this is going down and she's like, you have to call the front desk or whatever. And I said, yeah, when I get back from my meeting, yeah, I will call. I don't want to say the wrong apartment and God forbid, like, if this is someone's mom who maybe has dementia of or course, something. That's the like, first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. I just want everyone to be healthy and happy and okay. Like, of truthfully, like, you know. Yeah. So I, two hours later, I come back from my meeting and the apartment door had like an art, like a, not an eight by 11, but like slightly bigger than that. A 10 mm-hmm. by 14. Mm-hmm. Um, what looked like a painting, like a kid would make at art school. It was like black, but it was kind of like a butterfly. I don't really know how to put it. It was abstract, but it looked like something a kid would make. Like, And where did you see this? Sorry, I missed what you on said. The, on that neighbor's apartment door. Oh. And at first when I left, I hadn't noticed it, except that it was yeah. on the door. And most people are like, are only put like wreaths or something sure. on their door. And I noticed that the, the painting was covering the peephole. And I thought to myself oh. as I was leaving before I knew any of this went down, I was like, that's weird to cover the people, but I get it. It's in the center of the door. Maybe they don't use their people. I don't know. I was like, but that's weird to put the people in. So when I come back now, knowing it's all this information, I go to look at the door. Yeah. The painting has moved to the bottom of the door and there's like smudgy fingerprints all over. And I'll say this, if you on my front door, it's dark blue. And if you push the door open with your hand, you wouldn't really see fingerprints on it. It's like painted in the way that you just don't really sure, see fingerprints. I understand. Yeah. These fingerprints, and I took a picture of it to show you, John. It's like someone covered their hands in Vaseline or some type of like chemical or substance. A grease or yeah, something. Grease. Yeah. And had like put their hands like, like this down. And it's still there. And it is freaking me the fuck out so i called to the front desk and i said hey you know like i have i basically go the thing i was like i wasn't there so i can't really say you know my brother's staying with me and she's like we've had a number of complaints of people on your floor that she has hit the doorbell of a number of different apartments which one freaked me out but also two made me feel better because we're half jewish so i was like are yeah no i know i was thinking my brother because we're fucking half jewish like you know and nadine's iranian like who knows like she could easily be Jewish. So I was like, what the fuck is happening? You know? And so yeah. anyway, campus security came. Okay. I, I don't know if anything's like figured out. I don't know what's going on because part of me was like, if this person's having a mental break, I just feel bad for them, you know? No, and I just want to help them. And obviously this is not neurotypical, you know, you're not no, pointing it's not. to a random, it was scary. Let that me just is... say this. And now I'm on high alert. So... And now Evan's like, I'm never coming back here again. I'm never staying here by myself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That is a little scary. And you know, you're kind of, I know somebody whose family member is going through like the worst parts of dementia, unfortunately. And it's very and it's consistent sad. with the way you just described. So right. And like, what if, what if someone I loved was visiting me and for some reason yeah. they got out of the house or yeah. something, yeah. you know, yeah. and like, it's I didn't tough. want to embarrass them. I don't want to knock oh, on course. the door and be like, stop fucking threatening me. So it was like, yeah. it just, it was like sad more than yeah. anything, of course. but also scary. Yeah. Also kind of scary. morbid really, if you think about it. Definitely. So I just wanted to start off. It was just a weird story. I know we have a huge case to get to and I want to get into it in a moment, but just 
Well, I keep an general, eye. Keep an, an eye. Keep an eye. I'll keep you guys posted on anything. I also think it's a good lesson of just being like, pause before you maybe also Definitely. like blame other people just because like you don't really know. Yeah. And it made me think a lot about that stuff, you know, I, as opposed to reacting with anger. I was more so like, oh, I hope they're okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, listen, I mean, I hope we're okay, but like, I hope they are okay. It's not like Evan was like physically attacked or anything Correct. like that. I mean, he was so, fine. I mean, as yeah. he said, he's like, they didn't, outside of ringing the doorbell, there was no yeah. physical touch yeah, there's no on altercation our property or, or whatever. Right. He was like, and yeah. you're allowed to ring the doorbell. So, you know, that's <laughs> fair, what it's, fair. that's what it's there for. Yeah. So anyway, just be go. mindful people. Yeah. There you go. Let's get into this week's case, John. Well, spooky season continues this week on, let me redo that. Spooky season continues this week uh, on this week's episode. We're going to get right into it, Darren. I'm glad you're, you're, you're doing okay after the weird scare there with Evan. Yes. But anyway, in the early 1900s, we're going way back this year, 20, although not as far back as we did last week, we went to the 1420s last week, Darren. Yeah, that was crazy. That house of cannibals. Yes. Very weird. Uh, 29-year-old school teacher Katie DeWitt lived with her husband, Marion Luther James, in a small town called Weatherford, Oklahoma. It's about 70 miles outside of Oklahoma City. Now, early in their early into their marriage, Katie and James welcomed a new baby into the world, a beautiful little girl that they named Lulu Bell, which I think is cute. a really cute name. That's cute. Katie loved children. She had spent her life dreaming about becoming a mother, as a lot of people do. And when, like, as I did as a mother as well, by the way, to the to the shaken and disturbed children. Were you going to say something? I was going to say that I know we said Marin Luther James. It's Martin. It Martin. I just, I, I by accident forgot to put the T in. So that was my How fault. dare you? T- my fault. Well, you know, I only said that because there's a tennis player named Marine, Marine, Marin Chilich. He's from well, Croatia. I only wrote that because I was staying in Marin County this week. Oh, so. that's right. Well, there you go. You messed us yes. all up. There you go. Well, anyway, so yes, Martin Luther James is the man's name. But anyway, they had, like I said, a little girl named Lulu Bell. Um, and when her daughter was born, Katie felt her purpose in life was finally realized. However, in spite of the bliss that she found with her new baby, Katie's life was still far from perfect. Her marriage to Martin was tumultuous before the birth of their daughter. And after the baby was born, Martin became physically abusive towards her. When Martin became, uh, started becoming violent, Katie grew fearful for her own daughter's safety as well as her own. And she demanded a divorce, as, by the way, most people do, or at least most people should. I mean, I guess not everybody has... Uh, the resources and ability to even demand something like that. But that's the world we live in. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, Martin agreed to separate and the couple split just after Lulu's first birthday. Katie planned to leave her marital home to stay with her cousin in Ripley, Oklahoma, which was about 135 miles away. Well, on July 6th or 7th of 1905, it's a little blurry. Katie's father, Henry, brought his daughter and granddaughter to the local train station to see them off to head over to Ripley. Uh, Worried about his daughter traveling alone, Katie's dad begged her to please send word as soon as she had reached her cousin's house. Now, remember, we're in the early 1900s here. There's no find my friends to track this train's location. You know, it's very, very, you know very uh i don't want to say primal that's primitive but that's but you know early 1900s america no I'm sure most of you yeah no tech yeah. there you go well katie agreed and waved to her father as her train left the station well weeks passed but henry never heard from katie 
it seemed like she had never actually even arrived at her cousin's home. Henry became increasingly worried about his daughter and contacted the local sheriff. And on July 28th, which was how long, how many days is that at that point? I mean, we we think it well, was the sixth or seventh. Right, exactly. I was gonna say. Yeah, so, so two, basically the whole month, yeah, of July. Um, so eventually on the 28th, he reported her missing, which is like right. Yeah, the, I, I mean, after a month, I don't know what the expectation would be f- to hear well, back right, from her. Right, because if you're writing a letter, it's not like, again, like yeah. it, it easily could have been waiting two weeks is, you know, here yeah. we're kind of taught to like, with technology, we're kind of taught that like urgency is is means yeah. safety and necessity as opposed to like, oh, other people have lives. Yeah. But I think with this, it doesn't seem that crazy. You know, everyone was like about Casey Anthony when she didn't report her daughter missing for right. a month. And now now we kind of know why. But right. um, it's not like that here. I feel like that's kind of normal-ish. But maybe when he didn't hear by the end of the month, obviously, he's like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm going to report something because God just, forbid. Yeah, sorry to mean to interrupt you. But No, you're good. Well, I was you're just going to say that, you know, you just spoke about the new iPhone, you know, recently. You recently purchased it. You're officially, you have more tech than I do officially out there. I'm Watch better out. than you. Yep. Yeah, you're better than me now that you have the I'm new iPhone. Yep. But actually you're not because oh. this feature I'm about to tell you is in iOS 17, which is actually really um, important in terms of this conversation we're having because, you know, back then you might've had to wait a week or two to get a letter, but now to, to know that somebody's safe, but in iOS 17, there's this thing where you can check in. And basically, right. you can let your friend or family know when you arrive safely to a location. You can check in automatic check in the feature automatically notifies your friend or family member when you arrive at your destination, such as your home. So it's a really cool new feature. I love all the safety features of iOS. Yeah, it's an extra safety thing. Yeah, Apple Watch tracks your heart rate. Like all of these are like good things. You you're you're I mean? tracking my trips to Starbucks, things like that. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So check that out, by the way, guys, if you're looking for a new safety feature. Right. Uh, Well, Katie supposedly right now is missing, according to Henry. So the sheriff looks into the matter, but was unable to find out any more information than Henry himself. Katie had boarded the train at the station with her father, but seemingly never disembarked. The sheriff put Henry in contact with a private investigator named Sam Bartell, telling him that if anyone in town could track down Katie, it would definitely be Sam. Henry hired. I always wondered, like, how you get good at being a private investigator. (sighs) Can I tell you something? As is it I'm, just that you have good contacts or like sleuthy? Like what? I was going to say, I feel like you have to be good at contextual evidence, like knowing that. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say in the 1900s. Or paying but, attention to detail. Yeah, detail and maybe how to profile a killer and how to profile even victims. That I think in some capacity. Maybe. I've always said in the last couple of years since we started podcasting, I've always said, if I were to do it all over again, go back to my first year of college, I would go into forensic science and I would become a, a private investigator because my sleuthing skills online, when it just has to do with like friends, exes and things of that nature, is pretty top notch. If you want to yeah. know what your ex is up to and you don't want to you know, let them know that you're looking at their LinkedIn Come knocking on my door, baby, because I can get you all the answers. Okay. Then I there's really me can. who's like, I don't want to, I don't want to know anything. No, you're yeah, you're the other, you're Ignorance the complete opposite. Is bliss for me. Yes. You, you know, I'm like, Darren, you need me to look into anything? And you're just like, no, no, no response. Yeah, I'm like, no response. I'm set. Yeah, yeah I good. don't want to know anything. Well, well, I will say one last thing I'll yeah. just say because it's it's relevant <laughs> on this yeah. topic. Friend of mine, I won't name names. I know the story. You might know this story. Tarot cards. 
Well, connect. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't going to go down the tarot card lane just yet, but I'll get right. to that maybe another time. But the same exact conversation, I was able to dig in. My friend was dating somebody. Okay. You guys listening? My friend a was new dating person, new, a new brand person. new person, really excited about this person. Da da da. And I was like, want to look up the public record of this person you his know what i mean meter was up his sus meter my was sus high. meter was a little high maybe there was a tarot card involved more on that another time but i said i i gotta look this person up so i'm digging through it's in a different state i don't know the state you know but i found it because i'm i'm so good at finding public records and i found that this particular person may have not had such a uh such a nice shiny background. A squeaky clean past. Yeah, the record. Yeah, the she's record. She's not with that guy anymore. Is she? No, she's not. Thank God. Um, because of this. Uh, partially. Yeah, partially. Partially okay. because of my my sleuthing. So my anyway, my point is, one day I'm going to open John Thrasher Private Investigation Services, and you guys should come to me because I'm good at this shit. Okay, Darren, JTPI. back to the story. JTPI. There you go. But JTPI. it is important to also, you know, if if it's look just into Google, people. Google exactly. searching somebody, not stalking them or, you, you know, know, smelling their trash, but a simple Google search might pull up something. Well, I don't, I think people. smelling the trash might tell you something else too. You never know. Well, I will say just the last little point here is that to your point, Darren, just, yeah, do a quick search. You know, she was a little reluctant for me to do it. And I was like, listen, wouldn't you rather know all the details now versus down the road? If this person may have hidden something from you, you know? I personally would. I don't want to waste my time and and emotional investment in somebody. And you know, so just do the no, do the right. work early when there aren't any stakes involved, and you won't be as hard, you know, out on your ass whenever you do find out. Well, Sam Bartell in this story yeah. is like our Google, if you will. That's a good way to basically. Put it, yeah. Henry hires Sam quickly, and and soon mm-hmm. after he hires him, he uncovers. Sam uncovers quite a bit more than the sheriff had, okay? He learns that while on the train, Katie had made friends with a sex worker named Fanny Norton. Again, how he figured this out, we don't know. But remember when people Yeah, remember when people would name their kids Fanny? Those were the days. Those yeah, were the days. Right. Fanny. Fanny. Don't really hear that um, anymore. Well, Fanny earned Katie's trust by telling her about a strange man she'd met at the station who asked her a lot of questions. Anytime you got a man asking a lot of questions, get the fuck out of there. That's well, unless it's me in my private investigation uh, business. You know what I mean? Correct. But you're not asking questions. You're sussing out the That's questions true. you have of yourself. But anyway. I'm like, so, what a nice day it is, isn't it? What can you tell me about the, the about this particular yeah. person? You know? And, and as you can imagine, this story made Katie noticeably uneasy. And Fanny seemingly felt bad for stressing out the young mom. So she made her new friend a generous offer. When the train was about two-thirds of the way to Ripley, Fanny invited Katie to get off the train with her and spend the night at her brother-in-law lost home in Deer Creek, about two-thirds of the way to Ripley. Why Katie agreed, I don't really know. Maybe she was scared to embark on the latter third trip by herself. Maybe she really felt a close kinship with this woman. Maybe she was tired. Who knows? Katie agreed to this and disembarks the train with Fanny outside of Deer Creek. Now, several witnesses reported having seen the, the two leave the station together in Fanny's horse and buggy, riding towards a large open field, headed towards town. Sam, there's also a lot less people. So it might be eyewitness testimony might be super helpful here es- in a way. Especially there's, in the 1900s, right? Especially there's, you know, less clothing options, even though I think so a lot of people probably look very similar, but there's also less people. And Sam also learned that Fanny arrived alone at her brother-in-law's home later that evening and that one of the wheels of her buggy was stained with what appeared to be blood. 
Okay, so here's kind of the start of the mystery. Now, Sam heads to Deer Creek himself and began questioning the residents to see if any of them could give him any clues as to what happened to Katie and Lulu. Deer Creek is in a tiny town even today with a current population of 76 people, meaning everyone knows everyone. I just looked it up really quickly on Google, by the way, just to kind of visualize this. And maybe we'll put this on like the Facebook group or Patreon or something so people can see. And it's one of those towns, you know, when you're zooming in on Google and like the less populated or busy the town is, the smaller the text is. Had to yeah. really dig in for deep for Deer Creek, you know, it was pretty small. So seventy six people. I'm surprised it's even. No, that's labeled. a tiny town. Yeah. Well, for Sam, sure. Sam Sam learned very quickly that Lulu was in fact alive and well. That's a good thing. It seemed that after Fanny had left the train, she crossed paths with a local boy from the Bersheed family, handed him her baby, and asked to keep him safe for a little while. This is all very sus. This is obviously over a hundred years ago, so it's hard yeah. to say. The trust was put in place. I mean, I feel like Manson changed people's trust in other people. You know, that's when people started Mm. locking their doors. Perhaps there's just inherent trust that no one can really believe that anything bad could happen. So right now that wouldn't happen. I mean, even think about this. 14 years ago, we were like, get into a stranger's car to go (laughs) a thing. And now we're calling Ubers and Lyft left and right. We don't know those fucking people. And so it's like those things change over time. That's true. I never really thought about that. I mean, now no one thinks about it, but I remember being in LA when Uber and Lyft first went out and everyone was like, you're going to get into a car and sit in the front or the back with someone you don't know. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And there's just inherent trust. There's inherent trust, you know? You're right. Well, when Sam retrieved the baby from Bershield Farm, Bershield Farm, excuse me, her clothing and blankets were stained with blood. And as he searched the town, Sam found blood-stained women's clothing discarded in some nearby bushes. Mm. Now, to me, I'm visualizing a person in the 1900s with only relevant contextual clues about where this person could be and is stumbling upon women's right. clothing stained in blood. I find that amazing, actually. Yeah. Well, Sam was eventually able to find Fanny. She had gone back to her hometown briefly Uh, after her encounter with Katie and had moved her four children to a different town. The woman vehemently denied having ever even met Katie and swore that she didn't know anything at all about the missing woman. Sam strongly suspected that Fanny was lying and brought the, brought his evidence to the sheriff and local law enforcement already knew Fanny from actually having previous Mm. offenses. Yep. And arrested her the following day on July 29th, which again, not sure that would hold up. I don't, I'm not sure just like this information would be enough to arrest somebody in 2023, but you know, early 1900s, it's a different story. So Fanny was brought into the police station for questioning and her behavior was incredibly odd and pretty nervous actually. And while she was taking a break from being questioned, Fanny excused herself to the bathroom where she ingested poison and died within the hour. Sam's only lead on Katie's whereabouts was now gone. And the case from that point forward, Darren, pretty much went cold. So not a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. But that looks sussy. I mean, obviously that looks kind of crazy. Well, on August 31st, 1905, roughly two months after Katie was last seen, a fisherman from Deer Creek discovered the remains of a woman washed up under a wooden bridge. Although her body was badly decomposed, obviously it has been a while, uh, her cause of death was very clearly a gunshot wound behind her right ear. Mm. The fisherman also found the 38 caliber revolver. 
And Henry DeWitt was contacted and was able to confirm that the body indeed did indeed belong to Katie. Mm. And though her body was in bad shape, he was able to identify his daughter by her clothing and jewelry. The revolver was, I'm actually surprised just clothing and jewelry because that's not inherent to a person. Like I could give you my clothes and my jewelry. Yeah. So, but all I we guess, know is that that was oh, once, you know, that owned was once by owned you. by them, yeah. you know, it, because in theory you could switch it, but the revolver was, I assumed if there was, you know, there could have been other signs that whatever, but uh, the revolver was also identified as having been long to Fanny. So by this time, Sam had brought his findings to the local sheriff. After Katie's body was discovered, the sheriff now presumed that she was killed by Fanny, the stranger she met on the train. Seems simple enough. Yeah. But nobody could understand why Fanny would kind of do this. Yeah. The two women never met before, and their their first encounter just seemed to be on that train in that specific moment. Law enforcement declared the motive to be robbery, which everyone involved accepted but found out again remember the dad discovered her through the jewelry so why right. wouldn't you steal fucking jewelry one of the items henry used harry used to, to identify katie was the wedding ring she wore on her finger it seemed extremely unlikely that she would have been the target of a robbery if the thief left behind a valuable piece of jewelry which is my point right the sheriff investigated other suspects of course including martin who had appeared completely unconcerned right. when katie and lulu went missing which is a sussy thing I would say so. I mean, even though, even though he's left care behind, about your daughter, care about your daughter. Yeah, I mean, you're you're so right. But I'm just like he's left behind. Like, you know, what is what is his motive? What what is right. he thinking? You have to wonder all that stuff. Well, he had an uncontestable alibi for the night Katie disappeared. He'd been with friends in a public place all evening and had lots of people to vouch for his whereabouts. So seems like a pretty tight alibi. It was later suspected that perhaps Katie's ex-husband, Martin, may have hired Fanny to kill his disloyal life, but that was never proven either. Either, And that would be kind of hard to prove. There would have to be some sort of written communication there. Something, right? Yeah, because especially, obviously, I guess Fanny was already on the train, either from its previous destination or jumped on at some point so you right. know that at the very least fanny is in that vicinity right. i also find you know over the years things like of doing the show i should say and working in true crime is when people have a very very obvious alibi that like i was here it's clear talk to this person talk to that person well they could be in on it too and unless well, there yeah, is you never know you never know how many lines yeah you know. especially uh you know hit men and hit women for hire sure. right uh you know you can't be like anyway you you know what i'm trying to say here yeah you know, yeah sometimes being in the middle of the public square with a bunch of people is part of the issue but anyway totally. well it seemed that henry had uh, may have believed this rumor actually when he lay his daughter's body to rest he inscribed her gravestone with the phrase quote how many hopes he has ended here and just kind of direct. chilling yeah Though there are many interpretations, many believe it was Henry's way of blaming Martin for for Katie's death. A little after, bit. Yeah, after Katie's death, Martin regained custody of his daughter and moved to a different town about 30 miles away. Henry never saw his granddaughter again, although he did receive occasional updates about her well-being from his sister who lived close to Martin's new home. Henry sent Lulu frequent gifts of new clothing and toys, and according to the sister, Martin told his daughter that the gifts were from her mother, mm. his granddaughter, I should say. So Lulu grew up believing Katie was still alive, sending her presents, 
but never visiting. That's kind so of chilling. Up. That's yeah. just so wild. I guess not wanting to tell your brand like your brand new daughter that your her mother is dead, but right. to kind of lie and deceive in this way also doesn't feel right either. No, definitely not. Well, you and you also wonder like what kind of mental strife he had to go through to kind of deal with all this right. stuff. And who knows, you know. Well, in 1930, excuse me, 1913, Lulu passed away from spinal meningitis and she was only eight years old. Jeez. So lots of tragedy surrounding this family. Two years after Katie's body was found, <clears throat> a man from Deer Creek reported a bizarre incident to the local sheriff. The man claimed that one evening, two years prior, he had passed a buggy. Okay, remember those. With two female riders accompanied by two men on horses. The group stopped him, <clears throat> forced him to be present while one of the women was shot in the head. Then at gunpoint made him chop the head off of her body. Jesus. We're really leaning into spooky season, you guys. I hope you're ready for that. Now, the man's story was, of course, unable to be verified. Again, 1900s, no way to really kind of, you know, corroborate any of these details. But it definitely lined up with the events leading up to Katie's, you know, untimely disappearance. Well, after her death, the townspeople began noticing unusual sounds coming from the wooden bridge across Deer Creek. Reports began to filter mm. into law enforcement of people hearing a woman calling in a voice that sounded like she was speaking to a child. Oh, God. The sheriff investigated and found nothing, but the reports seemed to continue. Sometimes people stated that they'd seen a soft blue light when they heard the calls, but were unable to find a source for either the light or the calling. Even stranger, curious townspeople who investigated the area claim that when they stood under the bridge, they could hear the sound of wagon wheels above them, even though there were absolutely no vehicles in the area. That's creepy. I'm getting chills. I'm not kidding. The reports never stopped, but the phenomenon seemed benign. Whoever was causing the commotion didn't appear to want to hurt anyone, just kind of wanted to find her child, which is sad. Well, yeah. And anyone who knew of Katie's tragic and mysterious death realized that the details of the disturbance lined up perfectly with her tale. Over what? time, Katie's paranormal presence became known to the residents of Deer Creek who learned to live with it. 80 years after Katie's body was found, the wooden bridge across Deer Creek was replaced with a concrete bridge. The bridge was affectionately named Dead Woman's Crossing to pay tribute to Katie, the town's favorite ghost. Ooh, I got little weird chills at the end when you said that. You delivered yeah. that last line very well. Good job. The town's favorite ghost. ghost. Dead um, Woman's Crossing is like, <clears throat> that's tough to name a bridge that. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's such a sign of the times, isn't it? Like, I don't think I that mean, would ever happen now. they're not doing it now. now. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're like, this is called No Hell Way Road and uh, No <laughs> Hell Way. I mean, oh, no, no Hell Way. No Hell and Way. No Way No Hell and Way am I going on this fucking thing. But yeah. yeah. So. I had actually heard about this, this story uh, before we got to it today. And... Yeah, it's really it's really unsettling. It, it, you know, it's it's very spooky, it's ghosty, it's all those types of things, yes, but it's still at the end of the day an unsolved case, which really sucks. And I'm sure all these years later, I mean, goodness, 100 years, 100 or more years later at this point, it's probably not solvable, which is really tragic, but um an interesting one nonetheless that ends in a little paranormal uh, situation for you guys. Something to ponder and speak something of. to think about. Something to think yes. about this Halloween season. So let and us, let know, us what... know. And let us know if you've been to the bridge. I want to know if you've been <laughs> to, the to the bridge. That's a good point. I was wondering if I could like zoom in on it on like Google Earth or something. I'll have to see if yeah. I can find it. Yeah, that would be cool. Well, let us know what you guys thought about this spooky episode on social at J Thrasher and Carpe Darren everywhere. You can hit us up on our Facebook group. And of course, you can DM us or comment on our Patreon in our Patreon uh, 
fub? I mean, what do you call Patreon? Our Patreon page, for lack of a better term. Um, And Darren, let's get into some listener shout outs. You know, we had recently talked about the orange tabby cat that's been hanging out around my house on NMR in the last couple of weeks. And I gave a quick little update on Patreon this week. But um, yeah, let's get into some listener shout outs that were reacting to some of this information. Mitz on Patreon says, John, can you please record the whole L.A. trip when you go and deliver the kitty to Darren? Yeah, yeah, John, can you? Well, Mitz, if you would like to pay for an entire camera crew, then, yeah, we would be we would love to record the whole thing. I have an iPhone 15. I mean, I mean, geez, Louise, Um, uh, someone else who I'm forgetting. Let me just pull it up really quickly. Amber, excuse me. Sorry for that. I forgot to add her name here. Amber on Patreon, uh, when I asked if Darren should adopt the cute little kitty that's hanging out in my house, Amber says, absolutely. One of you needs to do it. And if you aren't willing, Darren is the perfect candidate. I really, truly am. Let me you are, you, actually. Because I love that's an true. orange kitty. I love the whole thing. I mean, like, mm, so cute. <laughs> so cute. Uh, so cute. Well, thank you guys for those listener shout outs. And one last thing, please join us over on Patreon if you haven't yet. It's a really tough time in the podcast industry, as some of you may know. We appreciate any support you contribute to the show from the bottom of our hearts. If you can't contribute anything, we always appreciate That's the listen, too. and we yeah. really appreciate a review. A five-star review would go a long way. <laughs> you can join today for as little as $5 a month. Links in the show description, or just go to patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed. And I will one last time just plug that there's some really fun stuff coming up this month. So if you're a Patreon member, you're going to get it first. So right. definitely check it out. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back with another NMR later this week. And of course, Darren, don't forget to check your freshies. And check your brake pads without pants. Apparently, you don't need a penis. Bye. 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 <laughs>